With the Planet Fitness Black Card, you don't just get a great workout, you get a great perk out. Because your membership is packed with perks. For $1 down and $24.99 a month, you'll get perks like access to any of our 2,400 clean and spacious locations. Bring your friend anytime and both work out with tons of equipment that'll give you that big fitness energy. Relax in the Black Card Spa and more. Work out and perk out with the PF Black Card. Join for just $1 down and $24.99 a month. Sign up for the PF Black Card for $1 down and get all the perks. Deal ends November 22nd. See Home Club for details. With the Planet Fitness Black Card, you don't just get a great workout, you get a great perk out because your membership is packed with perks. Join for just $1 down and $24.99 a month. Sign up for the PF Black Card for $1 down and get all the perks. Deal ends November 22nd. See Home Club for details. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the ABV Podcast. I'm your host, Chuck P., along with my fellow co-host, Britton Day, a.k.a. The Ale Runner. Over to my right, Britton, how you doing today? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me again, Chuck. Thanks for being here, sir. Always a pleasure. My boy, Ross, to my left. What's up, Chuck? How you doing, man? How you doing, buddy? Looking good. You got, got the slick back hair going? I like oh, it. Yeah, I had a hat on up there. I don't know. It was, your hair was looking Excellent today at work, by the way. <laughs> Took that hat off. Right. Appreciate uh, the hair compliment. Yeah, I appreciate it. So the ABV podcast, folks, for uh, the first few episodes, you were able to find it on SoundCloud only. Now I'm happy to report we're on iTunes. So you can go on iTunes, look up the ABV podcast. Yay. Subscribe so that way when new episodes come out, uh, which they come out every other week, so every two weeks you get a new episode. Uh, you'll have it downloaded and ready to go for you to listen to. And you can still get it at SoundCloud as well. Uh, working on getting it on Spotify right now, too. So hopefully by the first of the year, it'll be up on Spotify. Spotify is actually trickier than iTunes to get it on. What? Because you have to go through a hosting site to go get it on Spotify, and then there's like all kind of hoops and hurdles you got to jump through with Spotify. Nobody listens to podcasts on Spotify. Don't even worry with it. No, not true. Not true. I listen to some some podcasts on Spotify because the iTunes uh, podcast app sometimes screws up, and like it'll lock up and it'll kick me out of my podcast. You never have that problem? No, just you. I guess it's just me. I'm sure maybe the other guys we have here at the table might listen to it on Who's Spotify. That? Well, we've got, we're at, let me make sure I'm saying it right, Gilla. Okay, because somebody told me it, it was the G was like it was like a the G was supposed to sound like a J like Ela or something like that. I'm like, no, I don't is this like GIF and Jif? Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Gila Brewing Company. We're at the the satellite location, the the brick and mortar location, coming soon to the Prairieville Gonzalez Ascension Parish lo- uh, area. Looking forward to that because I'm gonna be spending a lot of time there drinking these beers. But we have Derek Stewart, Alex Schillings, and Brad Anderson here with us, the owners, the brewers, the magic makers. Guys, thank you all for having us here. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. Right now we're sipping on uh, some of y'all's beers. Uh, who would like to start and tell us about what we're drinking? Uh, right now we're drinking a beer we call Hops Trippin. It's a single oat cream IPA. Uh, it's a heavy oated base in our IPA. Uh, uses malted oats and flaked oats. And then we run it out with some lactose to really give it good body, creamy mouthfeel. Uh, it's all late edition hops, Whirlpool, Dry Hop editions of Azaka, Eldorado, and Big Secret. Uh, beer's about two and a half, I'm, excuse me, two and a half weeks old in the keg. Uh, it sits right at about 7.1%. 
Uh, I think it's rounded out quite nicely. Oh, yeah. Not much bitterness, a lot of aroma, real smooth on the mouth. Um, I'm happy with the way it came out. I think it's pretty delicious. I had this with you a couple weeks ago. Correct. And it was fantastic then. It might be better now, I think. I think it's hitting its peak right now, for sure. So, guys, let's get a little background on Gila Brewery Brewing Company. Uh, so, Derek, I met you when you were over at Tiger Tavern out here in Ascension Parish, out here in uh, Prairieville. Uh, were you uh, were you home brewing before uh, you were working over there with uh, with Tiger Tavern? Yeah, I was. I brewed, home brewed on and off for about the past eight years. Got into it, kind of got out of it. Got back into it again, and once I had my daughter, kind of got out, um, you know, working at Tiger Tavern. Um, you know, that's how I met Brad through Tiger Tavern. And he came in and started drinking beers with Alex. We met through, I guess we could say we met through friends. Beer trading, beer, beer trading. Sharing, everything, yeah, yeah um, <laughs> his, he graduated out here. He's a couple years older than me. Um, a couple of guys I worked with knew Alex, and, you know, when we had some shares and stuff, that's how I met Alex. You know, and I knew he homebrewed as well. Um, you know, as far as the idea for Gilla, I would say me and Brad talked about brewing one day, and I was like, man, we just need to brew a beer. I want to brew a beer. It's been a while. You know, I've been out of it for a while. So he was like, all right. So we brewed a vanilla milkshake IPA based on Tire Hands. Because I told him at the time that was probably one of the top three beers I had of the year. Nice. Um, so we did. We brewed it, and it came out excellent. A lot of people loved it. Um, you know, got a lot of praise. And, you know, I started talking to him. I was like, man, you know, I've always wanted to kind of do something on the restaurant beer spectrum. You know, and... I feel with your knowledge and my knowledge as far as beer goes and running tap room and, you know, and being in the bar industry, I feel like this could possibly work, you know, and we kicked around the idea for a while. We kept brewing, you know, some things opened up. Um, Alex came over to try some beers. He had mentioned one day that he was trying to do the same exact thing out here at one time. And some things kind of changed around and things lined up and we talked to Alex and Alex was definitely wanting to come aboard. So it all kind of panned out when it needed to um, to have Alex come on. We had another guy that was with us. It didn't work out, unfortunately, and Alex was here at the opportune time. And it, uh, it's all been pretty fabulous so far since then. You know, I think we have a good team, um, you know, Brad and Alex have a lot of brewing knowledge um you know i'm pretty much letting them run the reins on that and i'm all going to be in the tap room and customer service is where i'm going to stay you know i mean i do like to brew i mean you know so i might brew something every once in a while but you know i think we all have palettes similar and we all like the same styles and you know so i don't have to I don't, you know, I don't have to worry about what they're doing. I trust them 100%. So. There you go. Well, before before it was Gilla Brewing, you guys had another name, correct? It was 5150 Brewing? 5150 Brewing, yeah. Yes. So what's the story behind that and why the name changed? So 5150, I wrote down about seven names on a, <laughs> on a notepad and brought it over there when we were brewing to Brad's one day. I said, look, man, there's some names I'm kicking around. And I'll be honest with you, 5150 was not a name that I thought he was going to choose, but he said, man, I like it. It's unique. I was like, okay, we're good. Let's run with it. So where did that come from, 5150? Well, we use 5150 based on the California Police Code for Mentally Unstable. 
Um, being that, you know, when we explain it to people when they ask that, you know, uh, events and festivals, you know, we wanted to bring some crazy ideas to the to the broom world. You know, I feel this Louisiana, I feel while people are starting to come out with different variations of beer and trying different things, I felt at the time a lot of people still paid, played it kind of safe. You know, um, so we just, me and Brad were willing to try a whole lot of different things in beer, you know, and if it worked, it worked. If it didn't, we'd go back to the drawing board, you know. No shame if it didn't work, and if it did, great, you know. Um, so that's that's kind of what the name base. Uh, fortunately, you know, we spoke to a couple of lawyers when we started getting more into opening this up in a place up north that dealt with beer sales had already trademarked 5150, and at that point, it was either try to trademark it anyway and waste seven, eight months trying to get it approved for a yes or a no, or go on with the name and essentially if we blew up, you know, which we obviously hope we do, uh, that they could send us a cease and desist and then we would be right back to drum board. So I figured at that time, we made a decision that it was best to try to come up with a name, which we were having no luck. And then our other, our, other, our other partner ended up, you know, backing out for his own reasons. And then that's when Alex came along and we were still struggling to name. And then Alex mentioned a couple of names and Gilla was one of them and it was unique. And it had a meaning to Alex and meant a lot to him, especially being out here. A lot of family members, a lot of people he grew up with associate that name especially with the brewery now because of it and uh i'll let alex explain behind gilla and what it means to him and you know why we want to support the name for him and for us as well so yeah like uh like derek said i, I just kind of came on with these guys recently and they you know just it was something i always wanted to do and my wife i mean I love her. She's always supported me in doing this, and I've got to always give her helps. a shout out. Yeah, you know, and you know, she she's always telling me, "Go for it, do it, do it." And you know, I, I was like, finally, I was like, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go ahead and give it a real hard shot and uh, learn it real quick. It's hard, and it's very hard to do it by yourself. So you know, these guys contacted me. I guess it's been about three months ago now. Asked if I wanted to jump on with them. You know, and I, I said, hell yeah. You know, jump at the opportunity. And, you know, with the transition with me coming on, and like you said, with some of the legal stuff they were going through at 5150, we kind of decided let's try a name change. And like Derek said, we threw out a few of them, and I just threw Gilla out. Gilla was uh, actually my dad's nickname from back in high school. And uh, he got that nickname. He was a he was a big athlete. He was he was the big guy on campus, and I mean, he was the guy as a freshman. You know, was buying the beer because no nobody was carding him. He he looked a lot older than you know than he really was, and they he just got a nickname uh, McGilla Gorilla. If you remember the cartoon, I remember that. And because uh, he was just you know big Speak lovable guy, but really strong, you know, and, and then it just eventually got shortened to Gilla. So I, I threw that one out there to him, and you know. I didn't think it was one of the last ones that I threw out there. I didn't think these guys would like it that much, and you know because it's being so personal to me. Yeah. And uh, man, they were like, "Yeah, I like Gilla. I like that one." You know. Uh, I think I, I like the meaning behind it more than anything, and I, I thought you know, kind of tri- attributing the brewery to somebody as well as having something simple and having good meaning behind it. That I think that meant a lot to everybody. Uh, so yeah, we we just we just rolled with it. 
The logo is great. I love the logo. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, a good friend of mine, Dustin, that I grew up with, uh, he's big into drinking beer. Drinking all over. Um, you know, it all revolves around beer, obviously. And, uh, you know, he helped me with the 5150 logo. And I came back to him and was like, look, man, uh, ran into some issues. You can actually see the whole 5150 logo behind you on that clock call machine. And uh, told him, I said, look, still want something simple, but needs to make a statement. And I said, obviously, Gilla, you think Gorilla. And I threw out some ideas based on what we talked about. And I said, look, man, this is kind of what we're looking to do. I said, I trust you. So he called me a couple of weeks later. He's like, look, man, I'm, I'm done. He's like, but it's nothing that you told me to do. He's like, but I want you to trust me. I was like, okay, sure. Well, he sent it over, and I was like, I mean, I was like, I love it. And so I sent it to them, and I mean, it was without hesitation. They all three said they loved it. Uh, you know, a lot. We got a lot of feedback at the festivals we're doing. You know, everybody loves the logo. I think it pops. Um, you know, it, it stands where we are. You know, get associated with a gorilla. You know, and um, heck, I bought a shirt and a hat and a glass for me. I liked it so much. Yeah, we appreciate <laughs> the support for sure. For sure. And, uh, you know, we're, we're very happy with, with the way he did it and the outcome of it. You know, we think it it defines us for sure. I was trying to figure out what you were going to call the brewery because I saw your post on Facebook and Instagram about, you know, we're changing the name and you were dropping hints and stuff. You kept showing little pieces of that look, of that picture, and I'm just like, all right, kind of looks like a monkey. Like monkey business brewing, gorilla brewing, someone to ape. I'm glad you didn't come up with the name, by the way. Thank God. I didn't come up with There were actually a few people that threw out some names, and they were actually pretty good names. I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> people were guessing, and we were like, damn, man, we should have just thought of <laughs> Yeah, I was like, man, that's just a contest. Yeah, there, was, there were some good ones for sure, and I, I was impressed, you know. Um, they had a few of them. They were diehard guessing for sure. Um, you know, and I was I was glad to do that on the social media to, you know, give people a chance to guess and, you know, unveil the name over the time, especially before we did um, a couple of festivals to end the season. So, you know, we, we unveiled it right before Cap City Beer Fest. And obviously, you know, that was a big festival for us. It was a big festival for Brenton. Yeah, you know, both of y'all went out there. Yeah. Both came away with some hardware. So, so, uh, too. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, that was a good day for sure. It was nice to roll out the name and have everybody really say, man, you know, the logo looks great. You know, we like the name. You know, I always like choosing names as well. That's one reason why I like 5150, because it's a conversation starter. You know, I feel... I just figured you were a big Van Halen fan. Well, and a lot of people, <laughs> I said, and, I, and I didn't know that at, at the time, yeah. you know, that that was the case. And then more people asked, you know, but the same thing with Gilly, you know, Everybody asks, you know, well, why Gilla? What, what's Gilla? And I feel, especially being behind the bar, you know, when we, you know, when we open, being in the bar business, you know, especially with beer drinkers, you know, I find that if you have something to start the conversation with, the more you talk to them, the more you engage, obviously, the more they're going to sit there and drink. You know, there's plenty of places that, you know, I go to and the bartender doesn't know a lot or, they're busy, and you know, I feel if you know, we and I've explained right, and I've explained to them, you know, Alex and Brad, that when we do decide to hire somebody, I mean, it's not just going to be a pretty girl or it's you know, a pretty face or you know, a friend. It's it's going to be somebody that knows the Last thing I want is somebody coming in 
and saying, hey, uh, let me get the hops tripping, man. Hey, can you tell me? With the Planet Fitness Black Card, you don't just get a great workout. You get a great perk out because your membership is packed with perks. For $1 down and $24.99 a month, you'll get perks like access to any of our 2,400 clean and spacious locations. Bring your friend anytime and both work out with tons of equipment that'll give you that big fitness energy. Relax in the Black Card Spa and more. Work out and perk out with the PF Black Card. Join for just $1 down and $24.99 a month. Sign up for the PF Black Card for $1 down and get all the perks. Deal ends November 22nd. See Home Club for details. Uh, it's got it's an idea. It's, it's a hobby <laughs> beer. You know, I mean, I want you to tell them. I'm not expecting you to know every single detail, but you should know the hops. You the, should know why it's, why it's an oat cream IPA versus a regular IPA. You know, uh, that's something really near and dear that I, I care about, especially going to be the front of the house, um, you know. I'll probably just do a lot of it myself for the for the first six seven months. You know, Alex's brother is um, is investing in the company, and he his one request was we hire him on as the first employee. And obviously, I would really need him behind the bar. And I told him, you know, I'm very adamant about you knowing every aspect. And he, you know, he wants to, you know, and, and that's good. I need the dedication for that. And uh, you know, I don't. I don't want people coming into Gila and drinking beer and coming away with, oh, well, it was a mediocre experience because the bartender didn't engage with me. I didn't know a whole lot about their beers other than what I read on Untapped or was on their menu board. You know, uh, when we designed the brewery, even though we're small, I wanted to have as many bar seats as possible. And, you know, a lot of the architects, why, why do you want to do that? Why don't you have it? Because I can't engage with somebody that's sitting at the table by the window there, but I can engage with every single person at this bar. And hopefully, by me engaging and talking to them, obviously they stay longer, they drink more beer, we make more money. I mean, it's a pretty right. simple yeah, concept yeah. in my mind. And, uh, you know, that's why I think we have a really good team because I think we have a good product. Um, you know, it's been very humbling for the amount of people that have tried our beers and the feedback that we've been getting. So, um, you know, it's one day at a time, but we're slowly moving forward. So, so, so with the with the the new brick and mortar that's coming up over here on uh, Highway Forty Four, uh, besides the street that's going to be on, tell people out there exactly where to be located, where they can find it on Highway Forty Four. For those who aren't familiar with Central Parish and out here in Gonzales. So the best way to tell Raise you to, hand. Yeah. <laughs> So the best way to tell you to get there would be if you're coming down airline and you're coming towards Gonzales from airline, the main intersection in Gonzales is Highway 44 in yeah. airline. Um, there's a big Lowe's right on the left hand side. If you're coming from Baton Rouge on uh, airline, you would hang a left on the 44 and we're literally about a half mile on the uh, the left hand side. The main intersection that the shopping center that we're going to be in in 44 is Highway 44 and Cannon Road. Um, there's a big advanced auto parts across the street right there. Um, it's been there for quite a few years now. I mean, it's literally not far from airline, the main intersection of airline and 44. So yeah. it's very easy to get to. You know, it, we wanted to choose a place. Obviously, we wanted to do it in Ascension, one being. We can say we were the first. Yeah, for sure. You know, that's something that nobody can take away. And obviously me and Alex being here, me being here pretty much all my life, and him grow, being born here and growing up, you know, it, it, it means something to have it here. You know, and it's, it's a good hub. You know, we're not 
but 15, 20 minutes from Baton Rouge. I mean, from I clocked it for me driving from my house to Tin Roof. I mean, with mediocre traffic, it was about 25, 28 minutes, you know, so it's not that far. And then from here to New Orleans, I mean, you're talking about right at a little less than an hour, you yeah. know, for the people that are coming into Baton Rouge to whether they're coming to go to LSU game or get go to Tin Roof because they have a release or Southern Craft, you know, just take airline, stop right here, yep. pick some up and then get back on the interstate right there in Sorrento off airline. You know, it's not really a huge detour for somebody to come yep. stop at our place. It's not like they have to go through, navigate through a whole bunch of streets to get here, you know. Yeah. Um, the good thing is with the Central Parish nowadays that they've slowly come to accept craft beer around here. For a while, it was like a desert. If you, if you mentioned the word craft beer out here, it was like, what are you even talking about? Because, I mean, we're smack dab in the middle of Bud Miller Coors country. So, like, to have a to have a place like, like Tiger Tavern where you can walk in there and you've got 40 taps of really good craft beer to choose from, or even go to walk-ons now that they just opened on airline and has a has a pretty decent amount of craft beer on tap, and you see people here buying those beers. I mean, that's that's a that only speaks that you're doing the right thing opening this, and you're going to have a good reception and you're going to have a good crowd coming in there trying those beers. Well, I think that had a lot to do with the decision as well as me working at Tavern for the year I was there is the amount of people that were receptive. Even the, the Bud Miller drinkers, you know, everybody wants to know what it is. You know, and it, it's it's about finding that one beer that sets it apart for them that, you know, hey, yeah, I could drink this. You yeah. know, and then you build off that profile. The perfect example was Sunday when we were brewing, um, the neighbor came over and she's like, I just wanted to see your setup. She's like, I don't drink beer, I hate beer. I said, okay, well, that's fine. I was like, well, look. Challenge I like, accepted. I was like, exactly. I said, well, if you're here, I said, I said, let's let you try something. Let's let's see what you think. Well, it made three different types of Berliners, and uh, I let her try the cranberry maple cinnamon one, and she took a couple sips, and she's like, yeah, I can drink this. Well, she ended up drinking all three of them, and then she messaged me yesterday saying, if I could get her some for her Christmas party. Oh, wow. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's just a matter of that, just finding that one beer that sets it apart for that person. And then from there, you know, that's what I told her. I said, well, if you go, now I said, if you go to a brewery, if you go to a place that has beer, ask them if they have some type of fruited sour yeah. or, you know, a, a Berliner or something with fruit. And I said, there you go, you know, because obviously being focused around beer, we want to have, a lot of variety and as I guess that's you know some people kind of get turned down and say oh well we're starting with a one barrel system we know it's a lot of work we know we're gonna have to brew a lot you know but for us offering a bunch of small batch beers to really determine as a central parish being the first to determine you know what the people here want obviously we know all the beer drinkers the big crap beer drinkers want to the stouts and the IPAs and the fruited sours and stuff. I mean, that's the big things right now. But, you know, for your average Joe in Ascension Parish, you know, if if it's the pale ale or if it's this hoppy beer or this pastry stout, you know, something that they keep coming in, then we know, hey, look, this is the style of beer we need to focus on for Ascension Parish people. And we'll still focus on beers for 
the expert craft beer drinker versus the novice one or the Bud Light drinker. You know, uh, Brad makes that I had a really, really good traditional Pilsner, and I could have drank the whole keg myself. <laughs> and that's not a beer necessarily that I would seek out. Gravitate but, to, but yeah. yeah. But I mean, I like the traditional styles as well. I'm not one of those people that. You know, hey, this is this is what I like. This is all I'm gonna drink. You know, I mean, he made an Oktoberfest. Well, that was that was awesome as well. You know, and we want to have that variety as well. We want to have some traditional style beers. You know, for obviously for Oktoberfest, we're gonna have an Oktoberfest. You know, maybe some. You do it right, people drink it. I mean, (laughs) that's what it's all about. If it's if it's, I mean, I'm not a pilsner guy either. Not a big lager guy, but if it's done right, I'll drink it and I'll gladly support it. You know, absolutely. I think it's a lot of it's about education because, yeah. like Derek was saying about the neighbors, like I don't like beer, I don't drink beer. You know, I've run into so many people that, you know, they try something, they they have this in their head what beer is supposed to taste like. Yeah, and they don't know that there's this huge world of beer that's not like doesn't taste like Bud Light or Mick Ultra. Yeah, and all the know? markets in town, I mean, not trying to defend Ascension Parish so much, but all the markets in town are pretty competitive on shelf space, you know, even in our little town here. So, I mean, people are buying the stuff around here, so... Yeah. I mean... Harvest to, Grocery has, like... Yeah. Improved their craft uh, beer section. A lot of markets here. Enough. Even little places like DeLon Supermarket by my yeah. house has... Jucifer and Envy and all that stuff like that. So, what was the? There's a <clears throat> God. I can't think of the, of the place where it's at now. There's like this little. It's on Government Street. It's just. It's like this little convenience store right across Britain from where Smoking Aces used to be. Oh yeah. Um, not not in I, a in a in a, I, I, a good part of not a bad part of government, but like you know. It's the it's it's a market where you would look at and you would never think that you'd go there and get. It's a little ghetto gas station. Yes, is what and it is. And they've got <laughs> Jucifer and they had Ghost in the Machine. Like yes. I'm like, wait, what? I had to go. I had to stop myself and look again to make sure I wasn't seeing it. Yeah, there's one. So you know, people will definitely be interested in the Central Parish home-based brewery, I would feel. Yeah. People out here tend to support local a great deal, so, I mean, that's... that's. And if you have the charm, the South Louisiana charm of the big bar, like he says, and all that, I yeah. feel like it'd that's, be a pretty that's nice... That's a big thing, like you mentioned with the local stuff. People are really starting to turn on that around here. Yeah. Really start, you know, just like to go get something that's made close by, you know, and, yeah. mm. you know, the traffic in Baton Rouge doesn't hurt us. It, I mean, <laughs> the traffic out here is getting pretty bad. <laughs> it's just getting bad here, too. I mean, it's we grown just a lot here. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, but, yeah, people uh, people really love the local stuff, and, I mean, but like like you mentioned with, you know, educating people on a lot of this stuff, Yeah, there's a lot of people that you talk to around here that when you tell them what you're doing, they're blown away that you can even make beer. Like yeah, you tell right. them, yeah, we're, we're yeah we're opening a brewery. Wait, you can make beer? How do you think like, it happens? Yeah, yeah I'm like, yeah. you think it just magically happens? Budweiser's <laughs> the only person that can make it. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, a lot of people are just really surprised by that fact. Well, yeah. I think you have to be like this big giant corporation. Yeah. You know, it's like when you there's still people that amazed me after eight years that still are just finding out Tin Roof exists in Baton Right. And it's like we're, it's been here for eight years. Where have you been? Oh, I agree. Yeah. The amount of people that didn't know Tiger Tavern either had beer or was just a daiquiri shop that lives three to five minutes down the road, you know, and that was one of the main things I wanted to do when I started working there was 
to keep Ascension people in Ascension drinking beer. There's no yeah. need, unless, I mean, if there's a special release or somebody has a special cake, I understand. But if, you know, Chom's has the same beer as Tiger Tavern does, there's, other than maybe food recently. Is a Pizza Hut next door? Exactly. Pizza? Well, <laughs> they should be here drinking the beer, you know? And yeah. that was the whole point. And the amount of people, you know, from the, the social media and the advertisement really... When, you know, people started coming, I mean, obviously, Brad and our good friend Chris, you know, that's how I met them. You know, they came in and, you know, we would advertise that we had beers, we'd pull in different beers, you know, the amount of people that, you know, we'd meet. I mean, there's plenty of people that are following us now as Gilla that I've met from when I worked at Tiger Tavern, you know, that are searching for good beer, you know, so... Speaking of social media, just because I don't think I ever tell Derek enough, this dude does an amazing job. Oh, he does. does. It's, 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 it's sometimes I'll go and look at bigger breweries that you know local around here, even regional ones, and they don't have the amount of likes on a post or comments on a post that that we're getting right now. Yeah. And I just want to let him know, you know, on the record here, dude's doing a good job. Yeah, I appreciate that. He, is. he does do a good job. I'm always seeing updates either on his personal page or on the Gillen Brew page, or he's sharing stuff from that page. You're keeping everybody up to date. That's that's awesome, dude. That, I mean, you have you have to. That's the game. Social media is the game to keep people aware of what's going on. You've got to be on your game with it. It's free advertisement. You it is. It is. is. Yeah. And if you want to boost, like you pay ten bucks and boost it, reach, you know. And that, that's the crazy thing. We haven't even boosted anything. I mean, from when we said we were going to sign a lease on the place and the lease was coming, we were at like three hundred seventy-five likes. I think right now we're pushing like eight hundred, and that was within nice. a month and a half. It also helps to have Facebook pages like the Church of the Sacred Brew to put, yeah. put stuff on there because yeah. that group is so big and they share so much stuff. That helps as well. Definitely. Good to go to all these festivals and people <laughs> yes. are, are finding out about you. Yeah, yeah definitely. Uh, speaking of, speaking of yeah, beers, you've, uh, you've filled up our glasses with some, uh, some new beer. What do we have here? So this is a 6.7 percent. I would call it an imperial Berliner. Um, you know, one thing for sours for me is when you start getting on the warhead sour level, that's kind of my limit per se. I will taste them. I See, will I drink like them. <laughs> you know, Brad is more on that level than yeah. I am. Um, you know, this this tart range on these Berliners is kind of my sweet spot. Um, my dad has a huge set tree, and uh, me and my daughter went and picked about three five-gallon buckets full, and me and Brad stayed up one night cutting them and juicing them and pulping them, and Thanksgiving weekend, I'm sitting around the house, he's out of town, Alex is working out of town, and I'm like, I want to brew some again. My daughter's, I have another daughter that's about to be born, my wife's like, once the girl's born, she's like, you're done for like a month. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't expect that, so, you know, I'm like, well, I'm going to get one more brew Testing in, and I was like, well, if I make 15 gallons of Berliner, I was like, I can split it between three five-gallon batches and do some some different things to it. So on this one, I wanted to do a Satsuma Dreamsicle. So I added the Satsuma juice with the pulp and uh, soaked some Madagascar vanilla beans and some vodka for about four weeks. And then just added it all into the secondary, and then I added some more juice. I've been finding that... I'm real big on the uh, the answer. Um. Boss is here. 
Military parents never miss a beat, and neither does the Johns Hopkins U.S. Family Health Plan. Built for every warrior in your family, with more than 40 years of service to military families, TRICARE Prime Benefits plus exclusive extras. Learn more at warriorsathome.com. In Virginia, Richmond, Virginia, they're, uh, they're smoothie series. Imperial Berliners or Sours, I mean, it's just like really drinking just fruit pulp in a beer, <laughs> per se. I mean, they're ridiculous. Uh, some people kind of are like, eh, well, you know, it's not really beer. Yeah. Hey, I drink all kinds. You I'll brewed like, it, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a beer. I started delicious. figuring out the last couple times is not only do I do second, we do secondary fruit, but then I save some of the juice of the pulp and then just add it straight to the keg or kegging, you know, to really give it that pop. So this had some more Satsuma added to it. Once it caved in, um, out of the three I made, this is the Satsuma Dream Signal. The other one is the Cranberry Maple Cinnamon Tart, which we'll get to. And the last one's the Dragon Fruit Pineapple. I think I edged this one out a tad in my personal preference. My wife's really big on the Dragon Fruit. Um, I had a couple people say they like the, the Cinnamon Cranberry one as well. I think they're all really good. Obviously, we'll get to try them, you know, but... Uh, I really like the mouthfeel on this one. I, yeah. You know, it... It kind of balances it. You can tell the tartness there, but like the vanilla, and I guess there's some lactose in there, maybe. Yep, yeah. Um, just Can't kind of makes it drinks cre- go without the lactose. Yeah, yeah you know, it's it's creamy, so it, it strikes a nice balance. So you don't get that bucker in back well, here. And, yeah. And uh, um, you know, I, which I like in certain cases, but then at it's the nice to have of this. The year, I couldn't have told you how to make a kettle sour. I mean, Brad found out what needed to be done and. We brewed a couple of them, and, you know, I follow his lead. I mean, the dude's full of knowledge. I give everything as far as my brewing knowledge with him. He's worked with me. Um, you know, I've always told him, you know, since we started, drop it all on me. I want to know because if something ever happens to you, you know, I've got to pick up the pieces, you know, and that's why I love Alex being here as well because that was one main key, especially for in my mind, is – the extra added insurance for Alex because he knows every aspect of the brewing as well. So, um, you know, I'm thankful definitely to for Brad mentoring me over the last full year. So, so what Thanks, do you guys man. use for your kettle of sour? How do you? Uh, we we use a, a blend of lacto vessels, uh, mainly plantarum, uh, just for the fact that we don't have to keep a heating element on it at all times. So it, it's it's a very flexible lacto strain. Yeah. It can definitely get the pH uh, down to about. I'd say about three, two, three, four within about 36, 36 hours, maybe yeah. sooner than that. It just depends on, like, if it's summertime, we have no issue getting it down. Right. Um, then we just boil it off, and maybe it's just a 10-minute boil, and then we're done. I mean, that... These, that's an easy brew day for it us. It is. It's I've very, done it myself, and it's like a it's yeah. like a half brew day. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> I mean, it, it splits up into two days, right? But you know what? Hey, uh, the the results. It's something you can do after themselves. work or something like that. Exactly. You know, one one night, and then two days later, finish it off. Yeah. So we, we get you know we, we make the starter. We try and build up as many bacterial culture, build up the bacterial culture as much as we can, especially when we're dealing with know that much you know we gotta at least get like three or four packs of the stuff but uh i mean i found that plantarum 
uh, doesn't sour it too much, but it gives it that nice medium to where somebody that really likes a sour, like the pup, lip puppering sour, can can enjoy it, and some people that really like sours can enjoy it as well. Uh, for the most part, we fruit almost all of our Berliners. So kind of going back to the answer thing, which answer that's kind of like pushing the limits on what is actually a beer right, right. <laughs> i mean they put so much fruit and they randle so much through fruit through it uh it, it's it's virtually it's just a fruit smoothie with right. a little bit of booze in it but uh no we we really dig the style we've really been getting into it and experimenting with different fruits like uh like with me when i brew like when it comes to hops i like using sexy hops like you know like the strata the Vic secret that sort of thing but when we could find like a good fruit on sale like derek found that dragon fruit for uh, what did you buy it at um, like 12 bucks yeah i mean dragon fruit's really expensive right yeah. i mean I, I wouldn't think of using dragon fruit because it is so expensive but uh-huh. if we can find it on sale we'll pasteurize the fruit ourselves uh, and we'll, we'll, just, we'll just add into the Berliner. Uh, we can just make a whole batch of a base, and then we can just experiment with different fruits and yeah. find out what we like. And uh, that's worked out pretty well for us. So, Brad, what's your background? Uh, these two guys are local. You're, are you not from here? Are you from out of state or just oh, not from the area? I was born and raised in New Orleans. Okay. So uh, I moved to Baton Rouge about three years ago, around 2015. Um, my background is my profession. What I do for a living, I do logistics for a chemical company. I was about to say, you you sound like some like a chemical engineer or something like that. The way you started talking, I'm like, oh, this no. guy knows something about engineering. <laughs> I'm not an engineer by any means, but I'm very good with timing. So um, how I got into home brewing, uh, I was living in New Orleans about 2010, and uh, my roommate at the time, um, uh, not going to mention names, <laughs> but he was uh, he was the. He did something with the treasurer of a fraternity at Tulane University. Uh, so he used to be the head brewmaster for a brewery in Covington that uh, has since changed the name. Uh, so I learned how to brew from him. We, we brewed like, man, the shittiest beer. We used to brew like smash beers with all two row and like... Grant Goldings and you know, one and tops like that. Whatever you yeah. throw in there, let's just put it in. <laughs> Sounds delicious. <laughs> the cheapest beer you can think of. We brewed it, but what it did is it taught me the basics of brewing. You're you're doing the a mash. Yeah, yeah, you're converting unfermentable starch into fermentable sugars, and you're pitching yeast for it to eat sugar, make carbon dioxide, and alcohol. Very simple process. But I took a break for a while, and then when I. Uh, certain things happened then I got back into it again then I started searching the more exotic styles the New England IPAs the Imperial Styles the dessert Berliners that sort of thing and um, you know I've made a lot of bad beer before I started making good beer and when I started making good beer I ran into Derek at Tiger Tavern and that's when we just sort of kind of linked up and uh, it's been on uphill climb ever since yeah, he so, made a pineapple milkshake IPA and brought it in to Tavern one night and let me try it. And when I tried it, I knew he knew what he was doing. <laughs> I need to get with this guy. It was, it, was, it was good. It hit all notes. It was creamy. The pineapple was there. He actually added some, like, whole leaf citron in it. And, I mean, it, it was just pop. It was a fantastic beer. And that's after that, you know, I was like, we need to brew. You know? And, uh... You know, beers, beers the game. You know, Alex, uh, I've had plenty of Alex's beers that he's brought over here. You know, back when we had beer shares and same thing with Alex. I was like, he knows what he's doing. Yeah. It's, it's good. 
um, you know, he made a um, he made an IPA and he brought I forget what the other was like a brown was it brown uh, or pork? coconut milk stuff. Yeah, oh yeah, that was it. Yep, I remember that coconut. It was it was delicious. And uh, you know, back to the kind of same thing. I, I think we have a really good team. Um, you know, everybody's dedicated. Everybody brings something unique to the table, for sure. The best part is we're, we're de- like to alluded to what Derek said. We're on the same page when it comes to what type of beers we want to make and what we want to actually give the people out there. We, yeah. we want to brew what they want to drink. Yeah, I mean, uh, you can brew the style all day long, and you can still make a good beer. Granted, I still love brewing the style. I mean, that's that's. I mean, I, I love brewing traditional German styles of beer when I have time to. But at the uh, end of the day, it's, at the end of the day, it's, it's really what's going to turn a dollar. And yeah, if right. you can fill a demand and, and you can satisfy the general public, what I've learned over my time brewing is that. No matter how far you are away, if you're making good beer, people will come. Yes. <laughs> I mean, a tree, uh, what is it? Uh, tree house is clearly evident in the middle of nowhere. nowhere. <laughs> Canton, Mass- is Canton, Massachusetts? Yeah, something yeah. like that, yeah. And you can see the lines going out the door. I mean, granted, we're, we're only in a one-barrel system right now, but it, it has potential to do something. So I think we have a great team. Uh, Derek, like we've alluded to, he, he's very, very good with the marketing. He's on top of his, he's on yeah. top of his shit. Um, I can say that, right? Yes, you can. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can say and shit. I already kind of knew Dar- uh, uh, Alex because Alex and I were both in Red Stick Brewmasters. And if you know anything about Red yeah. Stick Brewmasters, they a uh, great group of guys. They're some of the best brewers I've ever met. Uh, they, they brew specifically to style. So when I first moved to Baton Rouge, I, nec- I didn't necessarily have any friends here. I mean, I'm coming from New Orleans, coming to Baton Rouge, don't, don't know anybody here. Yeah. Know. So I figured the best thing to do is join a homebrew club. And uh, I didn't even know Alex was in that club until we uh, went to Zaps in 2017. And we just wound up loading all the kegs for the club in the back of his car. And we just kind of hung out and uh that's why that's why i'm recognizing alex show i've been like, uh, like alex has looked so familiar to me i've yeah. seen him somewhere <laughs> and you and when you said red stick and i went ah yeah. the light one yeah so ross what are you thinking about the spear man it's horrible <laughs> so horrible we drank all of it no it's really good I, i'm not big on i'm not gonna say i'm not big on berlin but i have no idea process on it or anything but this is m- the most unique berlin i've ever had for sure it's like a juicy satsuma and then it finishes off with like a vanilla yeah it's yes. creamy it's, i've never had a creamy yeah, berliner before it's really really nice man again derek's kind of been uh for the past couple of weeks kind of been exploring the, the equipment and doing his own thing. Derek's got a lot of good ideas that he's bringing to the table. So all of this is just kind of Derek's brainchild. So you know, yeah, kind of have to let him, you know, be the mad play. scientist. In there. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Hey, hey, if this is what comes it. of it, yeah. bro, keep going, brother. Beers at once is no problem, right? Oops. She well, she called me. Uh, I was in the middle of a plant running a uh, helping run a host testing job, and she called me. She's like, "Hey, can I can I run buy a couple things by you on the article?" I'm like, "Yeah, real quick." And she did, and you know, I'm partially listening, and I was like, "Yeah, this got to be changed." There, I did not catch that. That's why I called her. I was like, uh, "Yeah, 
Brewing six to eight beers is a ton of work. <laughs> like, I, was, I was like, oh, yeah, the article just released and letting some of these other brewers read this thing. They're probably like, he's got to know what he's doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, we're still figuring this thing out. You know, it's, it's been fun. You know, my wife, obviously, since we brew in my garage right now. You know, she's like, well, how much longer you got? I'm like, oh, an hour or so. And then it's like three hours later and we're just cleaning up, you know. It's, mm. But I, I think, you know, we're really starting to dial in the system to where we know what the sweet spot is, you know, what what's what we need to do, what we don't need to do. You know, um, you know, it, everybody says, you know, going from five gallons up to – 30 gallons or whether you're making 300 gallons, you know, it's definitely a learning curve. Yes. It it depends on what style you're brewing as well. It's not just, you know, know, it's not just doubling up everything or tripling it or times it by six, you know, it's, um, but it's fun. You know, I I feel that we're learning and things are starting to get better and, you know, we made the first beer we made, we brought it to, um, Larry Fest in Mandeville, and it was a collab we did with Brad's uh, other homebrew buddies, Ashton Logic. They do some festivals up in New Orleans. Matt makes some really good beer, and he came and we experimented. And the beer was it was okay. I mean, we definitely Brad immediately knew what was wrong. With that. Um, you know, I mean, but for the first attempt, I couldn't have really asked for it to go any better. I mean, especially learn. I mean. The beer was drinkable. It wasn't a drain pour by any means, you know, but it, it was, you know, me and him immediately started talking, okay, how do we how, how do we fix this? How yeah, do we do it? You know? make it and the that, way we that's want it. one reason why I like working with Brad and Alex. It's, you know, if, if, if something differs, it's not, oh, well, you know, hey, it, it is what it is. No, it's, no. Yeah. Why is it this way? Let's find this out what we learned. Exactly. Well, I mean, especially when you go into business, there's always that there's always that risk of losing that one customer. And I, I myself, I'm pretty particular. And it's like if you go to a restaurant and there's a one time you get that really bad service, it'll make you not want to go again. Yeah. If you brew that one beer to where it doesn't live up to your personal standard, and granted, everybody, it's all subjective. Everybody's right, different. Right. But if you know truly in your heart that's something that you don't want to serve, then I'm more than willing to take the hit on that as opposed to serving any amount of bad beer. To and have a bunch of people get on yeah. Yelp or whatever yeah. and talk bad about you. It's, I mean, not to, not to talk bad about any brewery, but like I think B-52 had a beer that was... Uh, I forget what it's like. It's a schooner beer. I'm not sure if y'all had it, but it was like drinking battery acid. I think, oh, we, sent a, I think we sent a message over. It's like, I don't know. I don't think you should stop selling this beer. It's Might really, want to check on that. <laughs> it's, wow. really, it's really not that good. It tastes funny. <laughs> uh, I was just talking about that schooner beer from B52. <laughs> that bad. It was that disgruntled whistle from it. It, yeah. it was it was rough to say well, the least. So, and and Derek and Alex, we're all on that same page to where we're the risk is not worth it to us. Like we have a quality control in place to where if I don't like the beer, if he doesn't like the beer, and if he doesn't like the beer, it's not getting served. Yeah, right. And I, I would not subject anybody to selling them a bad beer for a profit. I mean, yeah, eventually it's supposed to be to a profit, but uh, it's quality over quantity any day of the week. Um, 
Now, on, on that, on the on the scale that you guys are going to be brewing on, how difficult will consistency be for well, the beers? Right now, uh, kind of alluding to like uh, going from a five gallon batch to you know basically one barrel, looking at thirty two gallons. Uh, it's it's not just about scaling it up six times. It's about finding that happy medium where you know quality and quantity kind of coexist. Yeah. So. We brew at least two or three times until we get it just right. I think we've brewed, um, what's that? I can't think of the beer that we brewed like twice just to get the recipe right um, on this system. But I think, what was it, flux capacitor? Yeah, so we brewed flux capacitor twice. And the second go around. Which style was, is that? That's a double IPA. Double IPA. Uh, so that's a double IPA. Uh, it, it's kind of different than what we're drinking right now. It's got a little bit more sweetness to it and it's got a little bit more of a burnt orange hue uh, due to the honey malt, uh, which I personally like. I, I like that in New England style. <clears throat> but that's uh, made with Mosaic, Cashmere, Vic Secret, and Amarillo. And just the combination of those hops alone is just. It's outstanding. Well, I wish we had some here for you, but we don't. Yeah. <laughs> Just let us know when you Picture brew it again. <laughs> you can taste it vicariously through my description. We'll schedule another podcast when, that, when that's brewed, and we'll for come back sure. and do some more. Hopefully by then we'll be at the new place and we can do it over yeah, there. Yeah, that'd be nice. I mean, that, that's up and coming. That's some scary stuff, man. Yeah, but dude, it's going to be real pretty quick. Now, yeah. you guys going to allow like food to be brought in? Oh, more? absolutely. Absolutely. That's, that's the quickest way you can keep people. There and keep them drinking. Well, not to keep them drinking. Obviously, we won't be able to be safe while they're, yeah. you know, consuming alcoholic beverages. But uh, like, we have a Mexican restaurant next door. Are they open yet, Derek? Not yet. Uh, they're not they're open. Open. Yeah. yeah. So they'll they'll be open fairly soon. Yeah. So we don't mind if people go there and bring in Mexican food. And, yeah. And get a pizza. And yeah. Just come in. I mean, uh, food foods foods a key to keep people in. Absolutely. absolutely I, I learned yeah. that when working at Tin Roof. Uh, <laughs> we used to encourage people like, look, if you need to stop by McDonald's and get a Big Mac and bring it in, fine. Yeah. Bring yeah. it. We've got menus here if you guys want to call and order a pizza. Waiter it in. Yeah. yeah. It's like whatever. whatever you need to do to keep you here, just and like, please do it. We also want to get food trucks to come in as yeah. well as it's not Mexican food trucks. Yeah. Right, right. That'd yeah, you don't want to offend the restaurant, yeah, right? Yeah. Restaurant neighbors, but... He'll bring his um, own food truck. Yeah. yeah Buy no, more of my stuff. No, we're, we're very much supportive of that and we, we encourage it. Yeah, yeah to kind of elaborate on that, so when we sign the lease, we are going to talk about bringing in uh, food trucks. One person that I, uh, I really want to bring in is I've had him at Courtyard a couple of times. They call him the Fry Guy. And he specializes in fries, and he does different toppings. He did like a gumbo fry, a old pork Mexican style one. They were excellent. And uh, also, there's another restaurant opening out here. It's a barbecue restaurant called T-Chews. Oh, yeah. Kyle Rome. My boy Kyle Rome. Me and him have been doing some talking. I think what we're going to do is have his menu for the week. At the brewery, and if somebody wants to order something, he will deliver it personally, no charge. Nice. So we're kind of probably going to feature his food as Gilla Brewing, you know, exclusive. Kyle does some great food. Barbecue's great. Same thing with crawfish season. He's man, like, you know, the man does a mean crawfish boil. Yes, oh, that he right does. Um, I've known Kyle for a long time. He had his own crawfish boil seasoning that he made. Really? That... From everyone that I heard that tried it was like the best crawfish boil seasoning they've ever used. Like it was really I don't know if he even still makes it anymore. He packaged it, it was in stores. But uh 
I knew he did, he was doing some catering stuff for a while. Then he was doing like uh, the prepackaged meals, and he was selling that online. But I, I, I've been waiting for for Tichy's to open up to try try the barbecue. Supposedly first of the year, or last I talked to him, um, I said hands down, if I'm going to get crawfish and I'm not blowing them, he's who I'm going to get them from. Um, definitely excited to have them open. Definitely excited to feature the food at the brewery. Um, you know that obviously, you know if we can have good food. People get hungry. They eat. They drink beer. They stay. Yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> that's the so key. We want people to stay. So we want to offer. Even though we're not going to cook food, we want to offer a couple of different options. You know, uh, Don Beto. That's the taco place that's opening. Um, fantastic tacos. Um, they have that little trailer right there by Aim on Airline. Oh yeah, Airline. I've been wanting to try. Oh. I, there's people there all the time getting those in front of that trailer. Yeah. Best, like authentic. I mean, they have. From fajita beef to beef cheek to chicharrones, I mean the whole nine yards. I went there once and it said cash only. I didn't have any cash, and I was just like, uh, "Man, they take cars now. <laughs> they take cars now. That's good to know." Yep. All right, so we got new beer here on the table. So, Derek, what are we what are we drinking now? This looks beautiful. This is my personal favorite. All right. So this is six point four percent Berliner. Uh, this is a cranberry maple cinnamon tart. Um, kind of got the inspiration from a brewery in Houston, uh, Ingenious. I saw that they, they do a lot of crazy fruited pastry stouts, Berliners. I saw it and I was like, this is actually the beer I wanted to make, but then I decided to split it between the other two batches. And I was like, man, cranberry Christmas. I was like, this just sounds like a good Christmas beer, something flavorful with the cinnamon back end for the Christmas style, um, so, kind of the same base, you know, uh, took a bunch of cranberries, fresh cranberries, pureed them, pasteurized them, added them to the secondary fermenter with some cinnamon sticks, and I used a maple syrup infused with vanilla beans, crown maple, and while uh, I definitely feel that the maple is, is subdued, you know, you don't really get it, I actually, Brad was able to get us a crowler of the ingenious one and it was very heavy on the maple um i mean it almost took away from the cranberry i didn't get any cinnamon so when i was adding the maple to this beer like i was telling brad and alex was i didn't want the maple to overpower the beer because cranberry is more of your lighter fruit you know it, it could be overpowered easily and plus i didn't want it to be overly sweet being that it's right. you know a, a Berliner and I actually added some to a glass and let my wife try it and we both agreed that it was just too sweet she preferred it this way so I was I was happy with the way this came out you know the flavors were there that I wanted to accomplish in the beer you know the cinnamon the cranberry the tartness um Dude, it's, it's a good balance. Like, I'm, yeah, I'm getting yeah. cranberry and cinnamon, like, even. Well, one thing that I preach, you know, that I'm very adamant about, and I've been this way, you know, since me and Brad started with Alex, is with the donut coffee stout that we won a few awards on is there's nothing more that I can stand is you give me a coffee stout and say it has coffee, and it's very mild. That's why I heard y'all talking a few podcasts, you know, Rev. Is is an excellent coffee style. That yeah, is, is my go-to. I could drink yeah. it in the morning. And when we decided to start trying to come up for the recipe, you know, that was my first thing. I want it light red. I want it to have that coffee pop to where it smells like coffee. It drinks like coffee. 
was like, if you're going to call it a coffee stout, make it taste like coffee. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and the same thing with the, you know, if, it, if you're going to say it has cinnamon and cranberry in it, make sure you get the flavors. You know, I like big, bold flavors. Um, I like to cook. I love to cook. Um, you know, and that's one thing, even when I cook, you know, big, bold flavors. And yeah. that's, that's what I like about the beer. And, you know, I want, I want those flavors to stand out. I agree. I think people should be able to tell you it has cranberry yeah, in it. Yeah, yeah. Whether you tell around, around, yeah. You know, yeah, like they that, look at it and say, oh, oh what, I got to sh- imagine that, the, oh, yeah, that okay. strawberry or what is right. that, you know? That, no, but then you taste it and you're like, exactly. yeah, that's Dude, this is like the perfect holiday beer. Yeah. I mean, it, it smells, smells like, like Christmas. Really, really yeah, it smells like Christmas. Yeah. This is delicious. I really appreciate that. I'll take this over any Christmas I If you don't have a name yet, maybe it could be called Baby It's Cold Outside. So, <laughs> I, uh, I make, I'm kind of big on the names, obviously being in the marketing and everything, you know, so obviously with the Christmas thing, I am a huge Christmas vacation fan. My dad made me watch it growing up, you know, from probably the time I was two, I remember seeing on TV, so... I named this Jelly of the Month Club. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> like, that's perfect. Perfect. Um, yes, jelly of the Month Club. And we, we get a big reception out of the names, too. Yes. And uh, that's, I don't know. Names are the hardest, man. Trying to find a name that someone isn't hasn't it, used already is it tough. It really is. And the, these two guys can tell. I'm pretty indecisive when it comes to coming up with a name. <laughs> when I come up with a name or when we come up with a name, we're just like, yeah, that, that that's where it's at. So if you're going to make a really good beer, you have to have a really good name. That's just kind of like the end game, too. Yeah. You know? But uh, when I feel with, I feel with, you know, especially the festivals, it's nice for when people come and say, "Oh man, it's an awesome, awesome name," you know. <laughs> or you know, in every festival, there's always been that one name that we've had that people are like. That's a great name. Like that, I just and want to drink it because it and it gets you it. talking about it. Like I, yeah. I, I like. Um, uh, what's the the one in New Orleans? Uh, the little tiny one, Brucare. Yeah, because they have awesome names. names. It just makes yeah. you want to go try them. Absolutely, um, they have a New England IPA called Grant Stamp. Oh, yeah, that's, that's, that's Grant really Stamp. <laughs> well, that was funny when you, we did the festival at uh, you know Cat City, and I was coming to try your beer. And he told me shoulder kisses, and we got to talking and come to find out that it was about Blake. <laughs> I mean, but right? What about Blake Winchell? Yes. Blake uh, and, and Andrew Godley. <laughs> well, I, I need a background story for this. So, well, real quick, Blake, Blake is actually the one that got me into homebrewing. His wife is my wife's cousin. Yeah. And we went over there one day, and Blake had homebrew set up, and I was tasting his beer, and I was like, this is cool. Like, I want to do this. And so Blake kind of lined me out on what I needed, and I started doing little extract batches, mini matches uh, at my grandmother's house where I was living because we were building a house at the time. And, uh, you know, that, that was kind of the first first start, you know. Uh, meeting my wife got me into homebrewing because wow. uh, of Blake Winchell, you know. And so when, when Brendan told me the name behind the beer, I mean, that – when I see the beer names, I like to know why. You the inspiration, the yeah. yeah. I gotta know the name behind and, uh, this one. This well, is great. I'll let Britain take that away. Well, uh, I'll is be. Is this something you can say? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so we were at Zaps, uh, 2016, and you, you know the the pre and post party in the field yeah. outside the back gate. Well, we were there, and it was just, we had picked up, and everybody's 
drinking. Everybody's pretty hammered. And Godly was still hanging out. And, and Godly was still there. Wow, he was nice. hanging out. He was drunk know, when he used to come to beer festivals. Yeah, um, <laughs> he's a busy man. He's a busy man. But Damn. but uh, so we were all talking, and then uh, Blake had to leave, uh, and he. He leans over and he, he he puts his arm around a- Andrew and like gives him a little peck on the shoulder. <laughs> and Buddy, you know Buddy Etheridge, who's been on the podcast, and I are standing there like, did you just give him a kiss on the shoulder? <laughs> and everybody was just like, what just happened? What did Andrew and, do? And, and, and Andrew was like, what? Because he didn't really know because he was like thought he was just giving him a hug. And uh, so it's like, oh, so shoulder kisses. We, you know, we're oh talking about God. that for the next couple of days. It's like, I know next year for Zaps, I have to brew a beer called Shoulder Kisses. And so I've brewed it, brewed it for then and then a couple times since then. So uh, <laughs> that's what made me ask him. I was like, why Shoulder Kisses? And as soon as he told the story, I was like, it's a great name, it's a great story. And it makes sense because yeah. it's Blake. And, uh, you know, that's, that's, I think naming the beers is is just as fun, fun to me as far as making the beer like the uh the Satsuma Dream Sickle uh I'm a big Home Alone fan so I named it uh you're with the French call Lezen Compatant uh, <laughs> you know and uh the, the IPA the oat cream IPA uh it's called Hops Trippin' Man yeah me and my buddies at work big into Friday you know, and when the guy was he's like, Pops tripping, man. Let me ask for my bike back. <laughs> and I, I told him, he was like, man, he's like, you need to name a beer off of Friday. And I was like, Pops, Hops. I was like, done. Oh, yeah. You know, and uh, we, we had it at Bayou Beer Fest, and a couple of guys came up and it's like, Friday movie reference. Awesome. You know, and uh, that's what really humbles me, you know, is people get the names and especially the ones... I don't care what's in the beer. I don't care what beer it is. He's like, I just want to drink it for the name. Yeah. You know? And it's fun to, to name a beer. Name a beer before you even have the beer. Like, you know, you got you come up with the beer based on the the name you already have. And that, I, like I find a, that fun. I've got like a whole queue of names. And just ready. The beer is just ready for yeah. when I try something. You know, or we make something. Well, guys, we're at the end of the podcast. I want to thank Derek and Alex and Brad for hosting us tonight and trying these beers. These are great. If you're on social media, follow Yellow Brewing on Facebook, on Instagram. You guys on Twitter as well? Or just Not Twitter. Okay. Facebook, Instagram, and Untap. There you go. Follow them on all three of those. Like like their posts. You see them out at festivals. Go try their beer. Be on the lookout for, for the, the, the Tap Room and Brewery opening soon. We don't know how soon, but soon. Summer of 19 is, is what we're shooting for. There you go. So make sure you're following those guys so you get the latest on what's going on. Brenton, Ross, thank you guys for being here as well. Mm. We're going to stick around yeah. and drink more beers, but we're just going to sign off so you guys uh, you yeah. know, miss out on all that. So sure. <laughs> take care. Until the next uh, time, Chuck P., the ABV Podcast. Don't forget, follow us on SoundCloud. Follow us on iTunes. Subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a little review. Let us know what you think about it, what we can improve on. Probably me shutting up a lot more and letting everybody else talk. But besides that, we'll see you next time. Cheers.